Welcome back to Radio X Off the Record, a podcast produced by NSU's Radio X. I'm Jamari, although most of you may know me as DJ Flacky on 88.5 FM. And I'm Horacia, also known as DJ Black Lotus, coming to you from our own home studios. This week, we were planning on talking with the Office of Orientation. However, instead, we're speaking with NSU student-athlete Alex Boone. We'll also be discussing the new Maroon 5 song, Nobody's Love, on Music Release Radar, before diving into an exclusive interview with Canadian-based artist Sauber. This week for Shark News, we're speaking with NSU student-athlete Alex Boone. Hi, everybody. Uh, As she said, my name is Alex Boone. I am an upcoming senior on the volleyball team. Really weird to say. I am a communications major, and yeah, that's uh, pretty much all about me. All right, and what are your plans for this year, like some short-term or long-term goals you're hoping to achieve? Yeah, so initially my plans were to play, you know, my my final season of volleyball in the fall and then in the spring I've got an internship lined up and, you know, just getting ready for graduation and, you know, just the rest of my life, but that has recently changed. Now, uh, our season got moved to the spring, so fall is going to be kind of like off-season training, uh, just preparing, you know, for season and, and things like that. So yeah, I'll be doing off-season training in the fall and continuing my normal class schedule that I had planned before. And then in the spring, I will start season in January. And so that's uh, unique. I was not planning on that, but uh, we're flexible, you know? Uh, so yeah, I'll have fall season in the spring and I'll also have my internship and things like that. And then post-grad, I've got a couple things lined up for the summer, but I'm wanting to pursue grad school hopefully in uh, September, 2021. And as a student athlete, why is it that playing volleyball at the college level is so significant for you? Yeah, it's so significant because, I mean, for my whole life, I have been involved in sports in some nature. My dad played basketball in college and like my mom was always involved in sports. And so from a very young age, I just saw how beneficial playing sports was for me. I, you know, just thrived in a team setting and it held me accountable and all that kind of stuff. And so like for me, volleyball is a team sport um, and that I love that. Um, so yeah, I just think it pushes me to be my best. I think it uh, kept me out of trouble and kept me focused in college and I'm super thankful for that and I just I just believe that being a student athlete has shaped me into the person I am today and I think I'm going to carry that into the professional world and it's going to benefit me greatly. And what are your thoughts on the recent news about the RecPlex at NSU reopening? Yeah, I think like sports are just so important for everybody, you know, so I'm, I'm glad to hear, you know, like they, they will be opening, but I mean, I think like, it's just like everything else right now with athletics, like they're going to have to be super careful and follow all the guidelines and, you know, just be really intentional about how they're using that space. Because I mean, obviously we want everyone to be able to use that space. And the only way we're going to be able to, that student, like students are going to be able to take advantage of that or if, um, you know, they're smart and follow all the guidelines. So that way, you know, it doesn't get closed again or something like that. It's the same thing that we're going to be having to do in our facilities, you know, just ensuring that everybody is staying the most safe that they can at at all times. And because of the pandemic, how has things changed for you as a student athlete? 
How hasn't it changed? No, I would say, you know, it it all started, quarantine started, you know, late um, March or mid-March. And that was in the middle of our spring season. And spring season is so important for um, fall sports because that's how you really refine your fundamentals and your skills and you, you know, you're you're practicing every day, you're weightlifting. And it's like a really big growing moment for our team as we prepare to enter into the fall. So it affected us in that way. Like our spring season got cut short. So the responsibility was really put on us as the as you know teammates and players to you know do workouts our own we were like once a week having like zoom workouts together and then we were expected to you know work out on our own and continue to stay in shape because our spring season was still happening we were just all you know thousands of miles apart so it affected us in that way and I think you know in the summer the same thing a lot of places are starting to open back up but I mean we were still having to get creative with our workouts and things like that trying to stay in shape and you know as I mentioned earlier coming into the fall usually we'd be going into preseason but you know, that has changed. We will now be going into preseason after Christmas, which is the craziest thing uh, I've ever experienced. But we're adjusting as we go. We're staying flexible. And yeah, so it has changed. But that just means that we've been having to get more creative and, um, you know, just really push ourselves. And you mentioned virtual chat sessions. Do you believe that will be further utilized this semester? Yeah, I for sure think so. I think over the spring season, we had, you know, workouts over Zoom and stuff like that. And so we wanted to continue connecting um, as a team, but even deeper than, you know, if we were just working out together. So we decided to have, we called it our weekly Sharks Hangout. And every week on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m., all the girls, we just joined together on Zoom and we just like hang out and, you know, shoot the bull and just play games and things like that. It was just really um, fun. It was a fun way for us to connect, even though we were all, you know, socially distancing and, and separated. So like that was really great for us. And we saw like the benefits of using, you know, virtual, you know, chat sessions and things like that. So I do think that we'll continue in the in the fall. I think if we can avoid, you know, large meetings and things of that nature, um, they're probably going to try and do that. I think, you know, our classes are going to be, you know, half on Zoom or fully on Zoom, whichever you choose. So I, I definitely think it will continue to be utilized. It will be utilized less just because we are all together and we're practicing and things of that nature. But I think when it needs to be used, or, you know, when it can be, um, when it's like unnecessary to meet in person, I think it will be. And I have definitely seen how great that has been for our team this summer. We're definitely thankful for technology and the way that it's been able to keep us connected during this time. And what precautions are you planning to take as a student athlete to ensure your safety and your teammates' safety? Yeah, so I think like, obviously, when we're not playing volleyball, we're gonna, you know, try and wear face coverings. And just so we're not overexposing, you know, more than we have to. I know in the athletics building, like, it's probably going to be required, you know, everywhere you go, except for obviously on the court, on the court, some things we're going to try, we're going to obviously always be disinfecting the balls constantly, just making sure that, you know, there's no extra germs on those balls when we leave, when we start, all those things. Also, when we play, all of our drills, like we're trying to socially distance. So like if we're waiting behind for a drill, like we're, we're keeping six feet apart, all that kind of stuff, doing just like as much as we can, you know, it's it's hard. This is going to be a hard thing, like to try and, you know, be 100% um, safe playing sports. But I think like we can do as much as we can to, you know, prevent and spread or prevent you know anybody getting sick and I think that's also a responsibility for us not only on the court but off the court I'm um, just being really intentional and smart about like you know where we're going what situations and you know settings we're putting ourselves in just so that way you know we're not just keeping our own safety in mind but our teammates and, uh, and the whole you know athletic department schools um, safety as a priority so yeah on and off the court there's going to be a lot of precautions taken also in the weight room like there's going to be as far as I know like no shared equipment and you know just being really strategic about the way that we lift the 
groups we lift in, you know, how we continue to stay in shape and build for this upcoming season. So I think the responsibility is on us and the athletic department, you know, um, to create a plan and for us to follow it on and off the court. And we're excited to do that. We're, we're hungry for our season in the spring. So whatever it takes, you know, to ensure that we have that, we're willing to do. And do you believe that recruiting for sports this semester will be more difficult? I definitely do think that it will be more difficult for volleyball just because the big recruiting season for volleyball is obviously spring. So I, you know, because high school girls and all that are playing club volleyball. And so like usually what it looks like before you come to college is you have your, your high school season and then you transition into club your second semester or the spring semester. And that's when all the recruiting happens. That's when, you know, college coaches are coming to tournaments and they're watching and they're, you know, seeing if anybody would be like good fits for our program and things of that nature on the court. And then, you know, they come on visits in the spring because it's a lot, you know, less busy. So I think it's going to change quite a bit. I think, like I said, we're just going to have to continue to get creative. I know that they actually did have a AAU. So AAUs is like the, the big the big like organization that hosts like the big volleyball tournament at the end of the season. So of the the club season. So they had AAU's junior national volleyball championships a couple weeks ago, actually, which I was surprised, but I mean, they got to finish their club seasons, which I'm really, um, you know, happy for them that they got to do that. But as far as recruiting goes, they were live streaming every single court. So that was like a super innovative way to do it, I think. Like even if a coach feels uncomfortable, you know, maybe going even to the tournaments, I I think that that will be a trend that a lot of, you know, volleyball programs choose to take advantage of in the upcoming year. And I think that will help. But uh, I do think it's going to be definitely more difficult and as with anything, and we're just going to have to continue to get creative. I mean, that's not my job, but like the coaches and everybody are going to have to get creative and you know, just be flexible. And I have no doubts that Coach Brian and Coach Celine are going to, you know, be diligent and work super hard. So that way um, we're not hurt by this or anything. And they're going to bring in people who are even better than us. So that way we can continue to build this program to be, um, you know, like what it can be. As we know, student athletes face a lot of different stressors and pressure. Do you believe that will be worse this semester due to the recent pandemic? I think definitely, I wouldn't say more stressors, but different stressors. And that can almost be just as, just as bad um, because the fear of the unknown is real. The stress surrounding unknown is, is weird. And also like, if you're not great with change, it can, it could also be a really hard season for you. Like I'm not great with change, <laughs> just being transparent. But I think, you know, it's all going to come down to just being calm and being able to be flexible and things of that nature. But, you know, it is, there is a lot of stressors um, when that comes to being a student athlete. And so I think that that's just going to be huge for us in making sure we maintain that stress. Um, We're, you know, directing it um, in healthy um, settings and we're talking about it and we're being there for one another as a team. I just think that's going to make all the difference because it's not necessarily more stress. I would just say, you know, as I said before, it's just different stress. So learning how to navigate that together as a team and all that nature, it's going to be interesting for sure. And of course, the last question I have for you, what advice or suggestions would you give to incoming students looking to join an athletic team this semester? Yeah, I think the big thing that I always think of when I started college and started playing volleyball, it was I had to remind myself that I love the game, you know. So if you love the game and that is, you know, 
something that drives your passion. Like there's been moments where volleyball for me hasn't been easy. There's been moments where it's been hard. It's been frustrating. There's been tears. There's been you know blood, sweat, all that kind of stuff. But what it boils down to is, do you love the sport? And that answer for me was, and still is yes. And so like, that's what drives me and motivates me. So I would say like, if you love the game, then, you know, the sky's the limit. Let that love and let that passion motivate you. And also with all this going on, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be unprecedented, but you know, when it boils down to it, you got to ground yourself. You have to be patient. You have to be flexible, as I've said multiple times, because when you ground yourself in that love for the game, everything else kind of pales in comparison. So it's all about perspective, I think. And, you know, really searching your heart for that passion. And if it's there, let that be your motivator in the highs and the lows. And that's really what's going to get you through this uh, new season, uh, this semester, and so on and so forth. You know, even when things hopefully get back to semi-normal, that's always going to be a motivating factor and a driving factor for any good student athlete. So yeah, that's my advice. All right. And with that, thank you so much, Alex, for taking the time to speak with me. And I wish you the best luck this season. Thank you so much. Go Sharks. For this week's Music Release Radar, we're looking at American pop rock band Maroon 5's first song of 2020, Nobody's Love, and their second single of their upcoming sixth studio album. For those who may not know about Maroon 5, the band originated in Los Angeles, California. They went mainstream after the release of their debut album, Songs About Jane, in 2002, and have since developed numerous top 10 hits. The band's frontman, Adam Levine, has also appeared as a judge on the televised singing competition for NBC, The Voice. As they grew in popularity, Maroon 5 has also collaborated with several well-known artists such as Pharrell Williams, Christina Aguilera, Kendrick Lamar, and many others. You may have also heard of the band from the 2019 Super Bowl 53 halftime show in Atlanta, Georgia, with special appearances with Big Boy and Travis Scott. Their latest song was said to be influenced by recent world events such as COVID-19 and the Black Lives Matter protest. However, However, instead, the song gives off more of a love song kind of vibe which can be seen in the lyrics provided throughout the song. Within Nobody's Love, lead singer Adam Levine states a decently common metaphor for love within the lyrics towards the end of the third verse, Baby, you're the key to my heart locket. If you ever left, never unlock it. Obviously, Adam Levine sings this part rather than stating it as I just did. The song essentially covers an unhinged love from one side of the relationship, in this case, the male point of view, as it states, you could make a grown man cry. The essence of the song lyrics state almost the inability for the male in this particular relationship to be able to pick any other person in which he plans to give his love to. Not entirely sure if the lyrics could come off as cute or obsessive. I guess it depends on the current state of the relationship. Yet overall the song stays, yet overall the song stays true to a Maroon 5 vibe. Very pop and fresh, able to get stuck within your head. Although I'll leave the analysis of the lyrics to be determined by the listener, as the song can hold a different message depending on who hears it. Another artist who recently came out with a new remix track that can get stuck in your head and make you want to dance in the comfort of your own home. We have with us on this episode's artist interview, currently based Canadian singer Sabri. To start off with some background about herself as an artist, I asked where her interest in music came about. Well, my name's Sabre. I'm a 26-year-old recording artist by way of San Diego, California. I reside in Toronto, Ontario. Canada, quite different from my hometown. And I took an interest in music from a very young age. Uh, My first performance was at four years old at my grandparents' wedding. 
Uh, so that was very exciting. And I do remember it to this day as something that was very exhilarating and finding your voice at such a young age can be overwhelming as well. So that's kind of when everything opened up for me at the age of four. And I followed my curiosity in music through a lot of popular music and popular culture, including artists like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, Janet Jackson, Missy Elliott. A lot of the strong, empowered females in the industry really spoke to me as a young girl living in San Diego. And, you know, the, the community in music in San Diego is, it's different. It's, it's a lot of acoustic music, a lot of rock, a lot of blues and soul. And so I found myself really exploring those genres at a young age uh, in tandem with that popular music that I mentioned that was on the radio and in music videos and TV that kind of thing. So a mix of like being pushed on stage at such a young age and then hearing my voice for the first time really propelled me into it for a lifelong journey, a lifelong endeavor. And I've just been following it since that age. So almost 22 years now, um, which is crazy to say and think about. But I have had a lot of great opportunities exploring music as a performer, as a writer, and now as an artist. So yeah, my roots really, they do stem from that upbringing in California and being around a lot of soul music and a lot of beachy vibes. So <laughs> It's cool to see how your interest in music came about at a very young age. This being said, you didn't start releasing music as a solo artist until quite recently. How were these roughly three years been as an artist? Yeah, great question. So the last three years of my career have been focused around Saber, my brand, my sound, my writing, um, whether that's writing for myself or for others, still really enjoy just the collaborative nature of music and the ability to share it and communicate it with so many people. So the last three years have been exciting. I've had a lot of um, a lot of momentum learning about my audience and, and taking them on the journey with me because, you know, as a solo artist, I think oftentimes I'm, I'm alone <laughs> a lot of it. A lot of the, of the decisions are, are being made by me, um, you know, d depending on where I want to take the music. Um, so building a team has really been my focus the last three years, whether that's production, writing, visual, creative direction, fashion team really being able to lean on people that I trust in the industry has been the biggest, biggest growth point in the last three years. Um, and even before that, I was still navigating my voice and my sound as an artist. Um, I've had, you know, some opportunities to write and, and really be in, in rooms with people who I look up to. So that's kind of been my driving inspiration is that I am getting stronger as an artist and I know every day I am you know kind of beating my own self as the the competition I I really just want to level myself up each and every day and, and elevate the gifts that I have so that I can share them with the world more often by the time of this episode's release your remix track peace and love will be out on most streaming platforms what are your thoughts on this latest release so I will give you some context on the song itself peace and love came out in september 2019 so not too long ago and it was a very collaborative effort as well with two artists here in toronto a producer called the flam and a beatboxer named beatox uh, adam feynman from Winnipeg. And so all the, the drums that you hear are actually somebody's vocals. Uh, so that was a really 
exciting, you know, journey to creating that song, just hearing somebody use their instrument in such a, a unique way. So the song itself kind of took its own life and and really lives as a movement. It's called Peace and Love for the simple reason that that's what I do want for the world in a in kind of like a beauty pageant kind of way. But, um, you know, even deeper than that, like, you know, at the core of everything we touch and everything we do, um, really focusing on peace and love as the theme within the music and the visuals and within the way that I live my life. Um, and that's how I, I wanted to express it to the fans. So the remix is a collaboration now, um, all these months later, you know, due to COVID related things, we kind of had to put some plans on pause, but here we are into 2020 and the producer who remixed the song is based in Los Angeles and his name is ASW or a single wave as it stands for. And we have actually known each other for four or five years now, um, I moved to Toronto from Los Angeles in order to keep exploring, you know, this music industry, build another network of musicians and producers up here in another really big market for music. So that's just a little bit about the process to getting to this point and why I made this song. I, it's just time for it at any time, you know, we all should want peace and love at the end of the day for ourselves and others. And I'm so excited to put it out. I think it's a really exciting version of the song. I hope the fans really love it. I, I love it. I love dancing to it. So yeah, I, I think it's really going to speak for itself. Staying on the topic of the fans, my follow-up question has to be your thoughts on the fans' take of this remix for Peace and Love. Hopefully they dance. <laughs> um... And I think it'll just keep providing that movement that people need right now. It's a really stagnant time, or maybe it's perceived as a stagnant time, but I see a huge opportunity for, for not you know, just myself, but for others to really find a different confidence within themselves to get through these challenging times. And I just want it to comfort people and allow them to really dance while no one's watching. Just you know, let their hair down a little bit. The house remix, so um, you know, hopefully some DJs can pick it up and, and add it to their sets. But um, yeah, I, I think fans will love it and, and really dance to it. Speaking of DJs picking up the track, I know our DJs here at Radio X will be adding Sabri's new remix track to our Radio X Discover weekly playlist on our Spotify account next Tuesday Tunes. Additionally, I know you mentioned the pandemic having an effect on the song's release. Were there any additional factors that played a role in recording or producing the song? Yeah, I I took a step back to protest during Black Lives Matter movement at its peak in this year and really just refocus my efforts and really mm -hmm. think about allyship as someone who I could, you know, is considered a quote unquote white influencer or micro influencer, whatever you want to call it. Um, my voice does does carry the ability uh, for change. So not only within this song, but, you know, just having these conversations, these uncomfortable conversations about racism, about, you know, classism, about 
gender issues and, and wage gap and things like that. I really just thought that the peace and love movement could come after people had time to really process other issues going on. Um, and I think that in order for me to really deliver the song with justice, I needed a clear head to realize my privilege and realize that everything I do and say comes from that place. But it was really my time to listen during the protests, really listen to what the community needed. And it wasn't, hey, I'm an artist, listen to my song during that time. You know, it was, hey, we need reform. We need systemic racism to be eradicated in order for all of us to have an opportunity. So um, having those uncomfortable conversations really just brought so much more to why and reminded me why I do what I do. And now feels like the perfect time to release peace and love because these issues have not gone away. They haven't gone away for hundreds and hundreds of years. And, you know, if my music can can comfort people at this time when now all the conversations, you know, have, have started to uh, create movement, then hopefully it can continue those conversations to be had and, and hopefully real change at the, the systemic and the policy levels to to enact. So I hope that answers the question. I think just really reflecting and taking time to to listen was was the choice that I made. That's a very positive way to go about it. And also you mentioned Peace and Love coming out formally in 2019. Mm -hmm. From that version to the version recently released, where are the changes in the track and how different does it all sound? I love that question because that really highlights ASW, who's the producer that remixed uh, remixed this version. And it, it I think it just showcases him as an artist as much as it does me as a vocalist than an artist on the track because you can kind of hear the um, the call and the response that he dissected out of the inspiration. He went with his roots, which is electronic dance music, and just gave it a vibe that wasn't missing from the original. It was just maybe tucked away, you know, within a groove or within a beat that he may not have thought about. So he brightened it up in, um, in a really electronic way. Because like I mentioned, the, the drums on it before were all human vocals. So that's something really special. And then he kind of just highlighted the, the chorus, which is all she wants is peace and love. All she wants is peace and love. And just drove that home instead of, um, you know, a traditional like verse, pre-chorus, um, and then chorus section. So it's definitely more minimal. It's definitely more uh, like more bass driven, I suppose and yeah a, a lot brighter but not to uh to take it away from the original the original is just more of like a hip-hop and soul vibe this one's definitely more electronic and dance and with all this talk about the latest track where can our listeners find peace and love aside from having it play right now in the background of this interview yeah so it'll be across all streaming platforms on my website as well which is saber-music.com s-a-b-r-e but spotify apple music google play Deezer, YouTube. There will be a lyric video as well dropping a week after the release. So that's pretty exciting. So yeah, there'll be plenty of opportunities to stream it, SoundCloud. So yeah, I hope uh, everyone listening can have a chance to check it out on one of those platforms. In terms of the lyric video you mentioned for next week, what other future projects do you have in store? Yeah, so just one other uh, highlight, I guess, to this release that I would love to mention is I'm doing a, a skincare giveaway. Um, it's my first giveaway contest, and that will be announced um, with the release as well. But it's um, some unisex skincare, so I want men to 
be encouraged to, to drop their name in the bucket too. But I'm doing a skincare giveaway with a company called Ojibwe Naturals. And they're an indigenous women-run business here in the GTA, Toronto. And I've been using their products a lot for the past three years. Again, in that reflection period, I thought, you know, what black and brown owned businesses am I supporting? What indigenous run businesses am I supporting? And why am I not using my platform to highlight some of these businesses? So I took that on and, and I'm very excited to share some of those products with people and just keep spreading peace and love in that sense. As far as the music is concerned, what's coming up for me definitely an EP, definitely a mixtape. And, you know, my thought is like 2021 will probably be the chance for me to, to really perform a lot of the new music. So, you know, as someone who's independent and can, can make all the decisions on my own in terms of release timeline and when I want to put this stuff out, I want people to have the show. You know, I really want people to come out and dance or even just at a festival and experience the music that way. That's really my favorite way to to communicate what I do so yeah really waiting on the opportunity or um, or really manifesting that opportunity to come with those future releases um, but until then I'll just be online making music um, trying to do some some live streams here and there and yeah hopefully merchandise uh, for the rest of the year to to help people kind of feel more connected to me. All of those sound like great things. Bringing it back to the performance aspect, transitioning over to Canada, how has that affected your performance or musical influence there affected that as well? Yeah, good question. I So I guess for context, in when I was living in Los Angeles, I was working on what was called a publishing deal, right? You know, we hear about these things and got a lot of recording experience. So I was behind a booth, you know, you know, clocking in and clocking out to a, a record label essentially, which gave me such great experience. Uh, but when I transitioned into the live sector, I was extremely unprepared. You know, even though throughout my career, I've had opportunities to perform in front of live audiences. It's a muscle that you really have to work out and keep flexing in order to to be at the top of your game. So Toronto, I noticed was way more about the live scene uh, than I had experienced in LA. And that was just by nature of where my career had led me by that point. So when I moved here, I, I had the opportunity to, to join a band. So I do uh, lead vocals for a side project of mine called Paper Parachutes. It's a funk and soul band, all original music. So if your listeners like my voice, they can listen to me on like a more rock based, funk based project. So yeah, that gave me a lot of, of experience and, and kind of hit the ground running, just performing at smaller venues and just getting comfortable with that live stage presence. So all still while building more of my original solo project and um, just thinking about the live set that I want to deliver in, in that space. So yeah, everything kind of started to intertwine that way. Um, just from the recording booth to the live stage, um, it's, it's not necessarily a traditional way that musicians do it. Sometimes they write the songs before they go to the studio, but I was always more comfortable writing in the studio session, working with a producer, a vocal engineer, and bringing that experience to the live scene. So yeah, I, I, I guess I'm kind of uh, in between both worlds now, but yeah, all the more excited to connect with more live mu musicians in, in Toronto's network we look forward to all those performances and great things moving forward as an artist thank you so much for joining us sabri thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it and, and wish you the best of luck now for their first ever appearance 
Here is DJ Skywalker to give you this week's top artist. What's up, guys? This is DJ Skywalker on Radio X Off The Record to give you this week's top artist. We would like to give a special shout out to Tinderbox for sending us Kevin McCoy's latest single, Blue Collar. This single holds a classic country sound while providing a message on the working class. Be sure to check out Kevin McCoy's latest single, Blue Collar, on Radio X's Spotify account at NSU Radio X and our Discover Weekly playlist. See you there. That's it for this week but tune back in next friday for another exciting episode of radio x off the record where horacia will aim to provide some shark news in regards to this year's virtual undergrad student orientation which will be taking place next thursday august 6th and you won't want to miss our personal interview with episode 9's top artist kid Francisco.li as always follow us on social media at nsu radio x on facebook twitter instagram spotify and snapchat to put a face to all the names we've mentioned as well as radio x's weekly updates Also, Sharks, just a reminder, it's our responsibility to help hashtag turn the tide. <laughs>